You're listening to Year Disrupted. What's up, guys, and welcome to episode two of our podcast, Year Disrupted, a show for people who want to travel the world, make money while they do it, and of course, get more out of life. Our mission here is to encourage and inspire people to live and work abroad through practical tips, actionable insights, and real-life stories. I'm your host, Abby, with my co-host, Gabrielle. What's up? What's up? We made it to episode two. I know. <laughs> and you did too, apparently. So yeah. thanks for thanks for at least thinking we're crazy enough to want to keep listening to. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks for joining us, guys. So what are we going to talk about today? Yeah. So today, um, last episode, first episode, we kind of went into the who, what, when, where and today we're going to be answering a really important question, which is the why. Uh, as many of you may know, just having a why is really important. It's fundamental to any project or goal because most journeys are not easy. So it's it's always good to have a why to go back to. And we'll dive a lot more into that later. But today is a chance for us to help you get to know us better. And hopefully discuss some things that you may be able to relate to or create for yourself as you are on your own journeys. So before we get to our whys, we're going to talk about who we are so you understand how we even got to the why that is propelling us to make this crazy decision. Does that sound good to you, my co-host? Yes, it does. Yes. We'll talk about kind of what our backgrounds are, uh, where we were before we decided to make this crazy decision and uh, decided to disrupt our lives. So with that, Gabrielle, why don't you tell us what your professional experience has been so far? So I have always been in love with the creative process. That is just one of my pillars of life, uh, creativity, creation. When I was a kid, I was super into art, super into writing, reading, making videos, making tree houses in my backyard, anything that had to do with being creative. I loved it. I loved using my imagination. So growing up, I thought I would either be an astronomer or a CEO for most of my life or a CEO of an astronomy company. Neither of those are currently happening right now. Well, maybe one. Um, But I went to college at the University of Southern California, and I originally was a psychology major so I could study serial killers. And that was just a phase, I think. Yeah. (laughs) I know, astronomy CEO of serial killers. I think that was just a phase. Um, But anyway, I decided to go with my passion, which was has always been and will be creative writing. So I studied creative writing and English at USC, which is always an interesting thing to explain to people because the first question I would get through college is, well, what are you going to do with that? Right. Right? Yeah. That's kind of Psychology. Be a psychiatrist. No, with creative writing. Oh, creative writing. Like, what are you going to do? I mean, I worked at a restaurant in college, so I had... A lot of dudes come in there just say like, oh, you know, just find a rich husband or whatever. You'll be fine. <laughs> so basically, people don't don't think you can do shit with creative writing. And uh, to be honest, I thought I would be headed for a more academic route or um, I really wanted to get my MFA, um, maybe teach creative writing. Anyway, I love creative writing, but I'm also pretty competitive. I love, you know, a good 
problem solving. I love using the analytical part of my brain. Um, so I entered the professional world in marketing as a digital content specialist. And what was that like? That was cool. Um, I definitely was a little rebel growing up and I never wanted to, you know, work for the man, man kind of thing. Um, so I never saw myself actually working for a company. So I never even, you know, by the time I got to my the company, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Right. I never even, what, what is, I didn't even know what like nine to five was really about because I never saw myself having one. Like so wait, that. when you picked the uh, creative writing, what was your goal after college? Like, where did you where did you see yourself? I saw myself going and getting my MFA, my master's in fine arts, and then teaching and teaching okay. at a college, being a professor. Okay, got which it. Which still might happen, to be honest. But that's that's kind of where I was preparing to go. I mean, like I said, I dabbled in serial killers, politics. I have a lot of side passions, but. <laughs> Once I did one semester at the senator's office, I was I was pretty done. Um, so, I mean, my professional life was short. It's not that interesting. Uh, it, I, I did find the business world to be more creative than I expected because it was just pretty naive of me to think that creativity was limited to only certain careers. I think you have to be creative in any job. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Would you say that? You know, even you, I mean, I'm sure you're, you come from a more technical background, which you should definitely get into, but, uh, you know, just living and thinking and going to work can be a creative challenge. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, any job that you're doing needs some sort of creativity, at least to do a great job, right? right? Like you can do any job, be average at it. But for the most part, I think that there's that part involved. So yeah. What about, uh, what about you? Uh, you have a little bit more of an exciting professional life than I do. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Exciting is the right word, but uh, I definitely have had a longer professional career. Um, so for me personally, as a as a kid, I was always into cars and, and motorcycles and basically anything that, you know, went fast or had a motor in it. So, <laughs> so I picked uh, engineering as my major um, to go study. I thought, yeah, you know, it'd be really cool to work at an automotive company, work on cars. So, um, yeah, I got my engineering degree and uh, graduated, got a job at Toyota. Uh, but turns out, you know, it's uh, it's not as glamorous or as fancy mm -hmm. you'd expect. Uh, you know, I was working in Cincinnati and... Okay, so you were basically working... For an automotive company. Uh -huh. So you knew going into it that, oh, shit, this is what I've been telling myself my whole life that I want to do. Yeah, it was like the dream come true. Was this it, is what I'd been working towards. Was it a dream come true? Um, Well, I mean, in a way for the first year or two. Okay. But then you start to analyze, like, where am I going after this? Like, like what's the next step? And where can I move up from here? Mm -hmm. And that's when it starts to hit you, right? That... Uh, maybe like this is not all that I imagined it to be. Yeah. And so that's kind of what it was like Cincinnati. Well, not Cincinnati in, in general, but I think like just the, the automotive culture, all these companies are you know, almost hundreds of years old. Yeah. Um, and the, the company culture is, is very established and it's, it's very uh, corporate. Mm -hmm. You can't even like move up to the next position until like you've been in your current position for like four or five years. 
So it's just like pretty ridiculous on like how how yeah. those things work. And not to be a rebel or like sound like a rebel, but I mean, you really do start to feel, I imagine, like a cog in the machine. Yeah, I mean, it's like you start to question, like, is that really what determines like my capability to do a job? Mm -hmm. Is that like I right. have to be at my current position for five years? And you studied like, so hard. But then I feel like you, that sets you up to just know you're replaceable. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that that it really and I I'm genuinely curious because I worked on a small team for a small company. Mm -hmm. So for me, I had very an active role in in like the end result. And I know that you were too. But I just imagine with something so rigid. Yeah. Like and like, you know, tens of thousands of people like working at a company. Yeah, it's it's different. You're yeah. just uh. A small particle but yeah i mean you know since then i've had two other jobs um all of them have been in automotive industry i've uh you know worked at a very well-established uh company i've worked at a very small motorsports company and my last job now is at a a tech startup um, you know, a Silicon Valley based tech startup. Are you still so, doing engineering for them? Uh, no, I'm I'm in supply chain now. Ooh. Things, yeah. Basically, try to move to the business or the operation side just to get an experience on that end. Uh, but yeah, basically the way things stand, um, you know, that's where my background has been, and what I've realized is, um, you know, you can make more money, and and you can get promotions at a job, but at the end of the day, you're still basically putting in more hours. Uh, right. And well, and you never get to take that break. Like, like you know, I've I've gone from an entry level position to a medium level position to a senior level position, but at the end of the day, you're you're basically always going to have those two to three weeks of vacation. And you days. still have a boss, right? I mean, you still a, are just yeah. like higher on the ladder but it's still a ladder exactly i wonder if this is the case for you but for me it was like i could see where my career would lead i was in marketing i did like marketing i do like marketing but it was like okay maybe in 20 years i can be the cmo maybe maybe in like 10 years i can be a director or something like that where but the more i invested in my career was me picking a lane and if I wanted to, because I, I thought about going into the entertainment world, different industries, but the farther down you go to try to get to that eventual top level position, you might not be able to switch at a certain point. So with your job, what was it that that made you start to question things and start to see if uh, you'd want something else and maybe this whole 95 is, is not your deal? Yeah, so there are definitely a few major turning points in that journey. I think the, um, I started to feel a little bit like pigeonholed when it came to my creativity, right? Because I spoke about creativity being super important to me. I did find creativity in this job, but then like you said, there's a bureaucracy, there's a hierarchy, there's um, budgets, there's timelines, and, and some of the creativity gets lost to the protocol, the we do this because this is the way we've always done it or this is how companies are supposed to work and nobody questions it and so i felt like at a certain point i was not being as creative i was turning more into not a robot but it was more i was more like getting into the you know running on the hamster wheel and i started to realize that 
like, look, if I get paid more, you know, I'm just going to buy a nicer apartment or I'm just going to increase my expenses. And it was kind of like a when does this end and where does this go? Right. And do I even want to do this? Exactly. I had no idea what the answer was to that. So for me, um, you know, I had already started to feel a little tired and just and, and I was starting to question, but starting to panic a little bit because I said, when am I even going to find the time to think through these questions? Right. So I one big turning point throughout this whole thing was um, reading Tim Ferriss's The Four Hour Workweek, which yeah. I think is one of now both of our favorite, <laughs> favorite books. books yeah but i had had like i took a entrepreneurship class at sc and a speaker recommended it and then like two years later somebody else recommended it so right when i was growing tired of my job so i thought okay i need to start reading this book and and i did and it raised so many just questions and it really just shook it really was a wake-up call to me and again i wasn't far into my career you know i didn't have five years of being tired under my belt or growing frustrated but i had already started to feel it like soon or i or it's not like i started to feel it but i saw where it was leading you know yeah. i saw people at my office who had been there for 10 or 20 years same thing like same shit different day so as i started to gobble up the four-hour work week i told you to read it yeah where were you at that time when you started to read it so i was getting ready to leave for antarctica right and so i basically uh brought the book along i was like oh you know i'll have 12 days in antarctica why'd you go to antarctica uh because i was trying to cross off all seven (laughs) continents off my list sweet yeah so that was the last one crossed it in 2019 baby bye before you turn 30 exactly and yeah before i turned 30 that was the goal um so yeah basically we both read the book and then by the time like i came back and it was like life-changing like like the way that book talks about it and you know shout out to tim ferris um yeah definitely great book because it you know talks about how to look at things in a very practical way. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about like, oh, believe in yourself and like do yeah. what your heart desires. No, it's very practical in a very logical way. Uh, looking at things that you are scared about or, or whatnot. But yeah, so that book definitely opened my eyes too. And then we came back and we really started to question like, where are we in life and what is it that we see ourselves doing? Right. And there what there's an activity in four hour work week called dreamlining where you map out what you want to do what you want to have and what you want to be in the next six to 12 months so one day we both sat at a cafe and we wrote down our our dreamline our goals and i had never done any sort of goal writing or anything like that before it was totally new And at the end of that conversation, we basically realized that none of our dreams, none of our goals had anything to do with our current job or our current situation. And that was a wake up call. Yeah. And that definitely opened our eyes and we're like, oh, shit. So we thought, why are we living a life that we don't want to? I mean, it seemed 
asinine. Yeah, like our current jobs were basically our backup plan. Yeah, that's kind of what we were like, and we were. That's basically, a great way of yeah. putting it. Yeah. So we it's were like, living our backup right. plan. It's like this is not what I want to do with my life, but, but I'm doing this to pay for the bills and basically. It seems so have, silly. Yeah. And so that's kind of when we started looking at okay, well, if if this is not our our dream then how do we get to working on the things we, we actually want to do and we actually, the you know, what we want to be. Right. And, and we realized that, like I said in the beginning, finding the time to answer those questions for ourselves. How are you going to figure out what it is you truly want to do when every day you spend your time doing what you don't want to do? Right. You know, it makes no sense. So we were thinking, how can we live somewhere that is more optimized for us to be who we want to be and do what we want to do. And how do we, what do we want? And I think what we were, what we found is that we wanted to be in the driver's seat of our own lifestyle. Right. And to stop trading time for money. Um, right. Right. Where we learned a big thing is that it's not just how much money you make that determines how wealthy you are. If you make $2 million a year but have no, not a second to enjoy it, to rest, to even spend it, then what's the point? How free are you? Right. Then we moved on to the hardest part. <laughs> <laughs> as, if that, as if that wasn't hard enough. Yeah. I think this dream, it hung, it was a huge wake-up call. And I wrote on my dream line, travel the world for... 10 to 12 months while generating income. I literally wrote it down verbatim and I had no idea what that would look like. Yeah. None. I just knew I wanted to do it. So there's a big, huge gap that comes in between wanting to do it. And, and how do you make it happen? It. Yeah. And so that was the big part then. So we, we basically started looking at, okay, this is where we are right now. And if we were to do that, like, like, wouldn't that be cool? Mm -hmm. What if we both just, like, traveled and worked overseas for an entire year? That'd be really cool. So, originally, it started out as just a, a fun idea. Like, yeah. it'd be cool to do. And, like, at this point, it really, you know, we hadn't started looking at, okay, like, what would be the consequences of that? I think we, like, yeah. teased ourselves a little bit. Because yeah. we did not think through any of the practical steps. We would just look at villas in Bali. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> We spent our time doing that, yeah. and then that just made us think, like, damn, we want this. But we didn't – at first, it was just a fantasy almost. It's right. like – yeah. And and so then, then from that place onwards, we kind of, like, started digging into, okay, how much would it really cost to kind of live overseas? Like how all much the, we need? Yeah, like, yeah. kind of, like, like – what would be the cost of, of living overseas for an entire year? Like, like how much – like is a decent apartment and like what would be the the cost of food the flights and all that and so so that's like kind of where things you know that was like a pivotal moment because we kind of realized oh actually like this number is not that large like right like it's manageable and and we can uh probably find ways to to pay for this it was like music to our ears living in Southern California. Yeah. Like, what? You can pay less than that in rent? I mean, it was it was actually pretty awesome to see how the numbers could work in our favor. Yeah. And so then the what was the next step well, then? What the we... hardest thing that we 
did is when we start to put it into practice, it's facing your fears because it's kind of like that rush of, okay, you just decided to do something. Now your brain, because your brain is weird and brains do weird shit, is going to flood itself with all the reasons why you shouldn't do it. (laughs) So that's really fun. Ours definitely did. That's really fun because we just spent months thinking, okay, we would love to do this. How awesome would it be? How this is what we want. It's truly what we want. And then it's almost like when we decided let's do it, we just got super scared. And that's what happens when, I mean, you just start to, the fear rolls in, you start to second guess yourself. So Abby, what, what did we do? You know, because everybody is scared. I don't know anybody who does something and they're like, you know what? I have zero fear for this <laughs> project or anything. So what do we do when we ran into that fear? Yeah, so that's kind of where Tim Ferriss's book came into play again. And uh, there's a, an exercise in that book that says uh, fear setting. It's It's kind of like writing down basically what your biggest fears are and then what's like the absolute worst that could happen. Mm-hmm. And then what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Right. So and so that's kind of where we wrote, yeah. okay, if I leave my job. Yeah. Give them an example. And, like what was yeah. one of your main fears and, and what did that fear setting look like? Yeah. So for me, definitely the biggest fear was uh, quitting my job and having no income. So so for that fear, you know, I, I, I basically wrote down, okay, if I quit my job and if I have no income, what's the worst that could happen? And so... The worst that could happen is I won't be able to pay my bills and I will not have any money coming in, which means I'll be eating into my savings. Um, So then the next step is, okay, what can I do about it? And so looking at it, um, we looked at, okay, you know, there's, there's ways you can make money online, just like freelancing, being like analyst and, and whatnot, where it's it's enough income that you could pay for your bills or mm-hmm. cost of living while you're overseas. So that's one option. The other option is also looking at what would it take to get back to where I was if yeah. things don't like work exactly out. Exactly where you were. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if if that happens and if after this whole year things don't work out, um I feel like I can come back and and I should be able to find a job in similar industry or at the sim, you know, similar yeah. position once I come back. Yeah. What was one of your biggest fear? Um, I think one of my biggest fears was just taking such a, a gap from the professional world if I did need to come back and enter it. Like if I did still have dreams of one day running a company or being a CMO or something like that. How would I be able to move up? Would I just be working in entry-level jobs for the rest of my life? Uh, things like that. So, um, you know, I to help me set that fear, it it took looking at okay, well, what is the situation? Act. What is the situation actually? Yes, it is would be a huge gap in my resume, but that doesn't mean it's just a throwaway year. There's so much there that even a potential employer would be interested in. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I, I mean, do I think I can go away for a year and then land the best job ever when I come back? No, because I don't really want that. But if worse came to worse, I'd still be able to find, like you said, a similar job. Once you come back. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I think that the biggest thing to let go of, because part of what happens when you fear set is you have to let go of beliefs that you 
that have always ruled your way of thinking. And I think that for me, the belief was looking at wealth differently, like wealth going beyond just the number that you have in your bank account and growing it. Yeah, we're all just wired to be like, you have to have a a job, a way of uh, making income. And if you can't do that, you just shit out of luck. Uh, and the idea that every job that you take should be paying you more than the next job or have an insane equity perk right. or something like that. I mean, it's just the idea of eventually money starts to rule your trajectory. And so that was important for me where we looked at our expenses. It's like could if I could just cover my expenses and have this amazing opportunity. That, to me, I need to start looking at that as the real wealth. Yeah. And the next thing was, if not now, then when? Right? Yeah, um, totally. Like, at this point, we don't have kids or, or any liabilities that... That we know of. That we know of, that <laughs> we can't... I had one kid one time. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Um, so, so I think um, now is the time to take the chance and, and have this great experience and be able to work on projects that we're really passionate about. Yeah. yeah. I had a mentor say to me when I was kind of talking to him about this, an old professor say like, okay, save the safe decision making for when you're old and boring. Like he literally said that to me. <laughs> He's like, save the like safe calculated moves for when you have a sub like uh, a house in a subdivision in the suburbs so he's like you literally don't have anything to lose right now and we have time to make it up yeah if we do fuck up i mean and for me also at the same time i was able to and for avi too we were able to see that we can at least make some money on the side we started marketing our services on fiverr finding clients on our own for the things that we knew we were good at um and that at least i mean are we switching to like rolling in the dough like a train track switch no but again because we looked at wealth differently and looked at and just if we can pay our expenses and still do this is this what we want and then the money started to seem a lot more manageable yeah so that was that really and look i mean we're getting closer and closer to leaving the fear is not gone. So every now and again, Abby and I check in with each other and talk about it. Because if you don't talk about it, if you pretend the fear is not there, it will take over. You have to like shine a light on it like a big ugly yeah. monster. And, and I think that's, that's the, the most helpful part, being able to address your fears. Mm-hmm. And just like seeing, okay, this is what I think could ro- go wrong. And right. this is what I'm going to do about it. And once you really look at it, then it really becomes, okay, I have a plan. Yeah. And I've considered the things that that I think could go wrong, and that helps yeah, so much. Yeah, because you've thought about it, and yeah. and as they could be as irrational. I'd say Avi has more rational fears, like money, and I have more irrational fears. Um, but it's yeah. still good to talk about. Like I, I'll, I'll say something like, "I'm afraid that all my friends are gonna forget about me." <laughs> I mean, obviously that's not gonna happen, but it's still like it's better to just say it out loud uh, instead of let it rule you and then have you make a decision based out of fear, which we believed what we were previously doing in our professional careers were more fear-based moves, right? And that's what we're trying to get away from. Yeah. So, so I think um, you know now we've reached that point where. At least for me, it's it's like no longer like I'm not scared. It's like mm-hmm. I'm I'm more excited because I've thought so much about 
the fears and the thing I was scared scared about. <laughs> it's like at this point, we've gone over everything we were afraid of yeah. and have our plans to quit our jobs now. And it's kind of like we've made up our mind and we're just looking past that point now. Yeah. So what is it that you think is making you want to make this decision? I think that like bringing it all full circle, the things that I love most in life are learning and creative challenges mm. and to tie it back to my job i had that at the beginning and then i saw an end to it i saw creative juices running out or i saw how they could be pigeonholed or sidelined and i thought okay well what is what i mean this is the most creative challenge i've ever embarked upon truly the the world is becoming my classroom right now it's totally unconventional it's nothing that a textbook can teach you. It's really real life experience, learning, growing, and a creative challenge. So whether that's working on growing my own remote business or trying to save as much money as we can while we're traveling or even just trying a new restaurant, I mean, it's all going to be a totally new creative challenge. And I think that by traveling, which is what I love to do most, by lowering my expenses and giving myself that space and that time to ask the right questions and explore the answers. I mean, that's the, the greatest gift I could ever give to myself as a lover of creativity and learning. I mean, yeah. that's it doesn't get much, unless I decide to go get a PhD in physics. I mean, you can't, it doesn't get much more learning oriented than that. Everything will be a learning experience. And yeah. it's not just studying for a test. It's just, it's just learning every day yeah. and I love it. I'm a nerd. So that's awesome. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I want to see what I can create on my own, like take away the fancy cars and the motorcycles and the toys mm -hmm. and the fancy apartment. What is it that I can create for myself where I make the choices on a daily basis, where I make the call, what I want to do with my day. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not being forced to do something that I don't completely agree with. Right. Uh, I'm able to use my time the way I want to and to focus on things I want to and create value that way. And you're not going to settle, right? Because it's not like you're like, oh, I have to deal with this boss who I don't really like or respect. Not that you have one like that, but just in general. But, oh, at least I have a nice car. Yeah. And I mean, I know, you know, you like cars, whatever, but it's you're cutting through the fluff. Yeah. And we are both deciding to have more agency in our own lives, which is in itself a scary thing. We yeah. don't have a boss anymore. We don't have a schedule that we have to go clock in for. Right. Which means like we are in control and yeah. we are responsible mm -hmm. for keeping ourselves in check. But yeah, that's kind of like how it is, right? A lot of people buy things to make themselves feel better. Right. Like, oh, at least I have a nice car and... Yeah, it's a, yeah. an artifice. Yeah. And you could totally have nice things if you want, but it's, it's I think, and like I said, you, listener, will be able to be the judge of that. I think that doing it your own way is better in the end. And we don't know yet because we are about to do that. <laughs> but I have a hunch that it will feel a lot better in the end. The road might be a little more bumpy and less clear, but I think the trade-off will be worth, worth it. Worth it, yeah. I know the trade-off will be worth it. Absolutely. So when we think through this, we get excited. And it just makes it worth it all over again. And every day we grow, get closer to the 
deadline or we get another thing checked off our to-do list or we sell one more thing, except not me because I've had really bad luck selling my shit. Um, but, you know, the, as we get closer, it just helps us every day let go of the fear and change our mindset. Yeah. So as we are getting closer, what are you expecting out of your out of next year? Uh, my hope is to to grow my own online business and mm -hmm. through that learn the tools and the trade of, of being a businesswoman. I mean, being an entrepreneur, that's something of interest of, to me that is really exciting and I can do it in a relatively safe space. I don't need a $100,000 loan to start my own business. I can just start it. Yeah. Uh, so learn a bunch of different roles um, for my own business, grow it, be my own brand, be proud of that, spend my time in different ways. Um, exploring the things I love and I'm interested in, the places, the people, eating good food, um, and then and, and asking questions every day. If there's a yeah. new skill I want to learn, my boss isn't going to send me to a training. I can go learn that on my own. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. What about you? Yeah, for me, I'm looking forward to just creating something on my own and enjoy every city we're in, really experience yeah. The culture, the people. And I think it's not no longer saying, oh, I have to do this. Oh, it's Monday. I have to go to work. Yeah. Oh, I have to go to the meeting. Every day we are choosing to do what, what we're we going to, to do. do. We, we really, like you said, it's our responsibility. We have no one to blame but ourselves. Mm -hmm. We can be like, oh, my boss sucks today. I have to go to this meeting. Like we are in control. So yeah. we get to reap the benefits of that. And we and we can't, we no longer have to attend meetings. Then Bobby's <laughs> really excited about the no. Meetings. I'm very anti meetings, <laughs> and I've had to at attend a lot of meetings. Yeah. And How much of your life have you spent in? Meetings? So at my job currently, there is an um, analytics that that goes and tells you like how much time you're dedicating towards anything, and it shows that seventy percent, seventy to eighty percent of my week is spent what? in meetings and then i only have 20 percent of my time to focus That's on bullshit yeah oh my god yeah. are you serious and so many of those meetings are just like not needed oh my gosh but... <laughs> anyways well that is our that's our, our download for <laughs> today um so what would, we, what would we encourage people to do if you are on your own journey whatever it is get curious Get super curious with yourself. Yeah. And, and fear set. Yeah, exactly. So if you if you have a great job that you love, by all means, uh, keep on doing that. But if you are at a job where you question, is this what I really want to do? Or like if money was not an issue, what would I be doing? And if that's not what your current job is, start to question, like, how can you work on things that you really want to? And like, and start setting your fears. What's the worst thing that could happen if you uh, pursue that path? And who knows? Maybe you'll be joining us in this journey. <laughs> maybe we'll see you in Colombia. <laughs> maybe we'll see you in Colombia. Yeah. Uh, but on that note, I think uh, we'll end this episode. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Thank you. We got some exciting stuff to come. Yeah. Follow us. Subscribe. Please give us five stars. And... Check out yeardisrupted.com yeah, for and blog and resources. Absolutely. And please reach out to us with any questions or comments. We'd we'll love to out. hear from you. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.